Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road to World Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined today by Kyle Dvorak and Lawrence Jackson. We're going to talk the rankings that are vexing us in Week 12. Also do some Monday Night Football fallout from yet another very, very strange Monday Night Football game. This one played in Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. They put on a show for the people of Mexico, or at least one team did. Uh, but first, yeah. you know, yeah. Estadio Azteca, they, they like some soccer there. We like some soccer here. Uh, I was wondering if you guys watched our baby Eagles uh, pull to a draw with the Welsh on Monday. Um, and if you feel invigorated by that. Lawrence, did you watch that game? <laughs> I was playing FIFA instead. I'm more of a uh, virtual <laughs> soccer guy, you know what I'm saying? Uh, didn't quite get to this particular game, uh, but, you know, since they tied, they tied, right? They did right. tie. Right. You're right. Since, you're since, you're since right. we tied, I will be watching them. Uh, in the next round, and I knew you was about to ask me that. <laughs> yeah, Dude, uh, I thought we looked so good in the first half. Like we, we really looked like we had control of the game. Like we had scoring opportunities, and we're going to convert on them in the second half. And just played like absolute garbage in the second half. I was, I'm sweating. I mean, obviously, I'm sweating. Like it just, it's probably going to come down to goal differential because I assume we're is. both losing to England. Maybe we can draw versus England, and then it becomes a a better spot for us, but I was disappointed. I yeah, watched we were, uh, Yeah, we were frankly lucky not to lose. And yeah. now we either need to pull the England miracle or we need to beat Iran like eight to two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of our route is just beating up slash losing less to England slash Iran. Cause well, you, I, you know I what would be it. a disaster is if we lost to England, but then Wales like beat England, you know, which is like it could happen. Yeah. Time grudge match. Yeah. Um I think we got some issues here. Uh, and Lawrence isn't kidding about the PS5. He, he recently got my tag. Yeah. On the PS5. For real. We're going to FIFA it up one day, yeah, man. I'm hoping the boys I, get back to me and I FIFA. I, I'm this not Tuesday. good at Madden, so I had to play FIFA now. So I got no choice. Look, not the thing good. is you actually like and care about football and know things about football, which makes you terrible at Madden. Because Madden's yeah. all about running trash plays and using them to gimmick right, your way out. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible it, it, at Madden because I don't have like the patience for like all the audibles and stuff. Like, man, I just want to throw for 500 yards. But like that, that's the stuff I used to be good at. But for this Madden, I can't even beat the computer. Man, I've heard this Madden's whack. Um, I hear that every year. I yeah, I was gonna say you've heard that since 2005. <laughs> right, right. I played in the COVID year. Um, that was okay, but I mostly just hacked the game so I could be. I could like destroy the computer, and then I would. I was in an online dynasty with my friends, and every time I had to play a human, I would just get relentlessly exposed. <laughs> 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 Got like 
horribly exposed, seven interceptions level exposed. Um, so we love we love our EA Sports, don't we, folks? Oh, we love it so much. Indeed, indeed. We love our Monday Night Football, but we would like for a competitive game at some point. We did not get that a Monday evening with the San Francisco 49ers just beating up on the Arizona Cardinals down in Mexico City, 38-10. to 10. Now, they were facing Colt McCoy in a backup quarterback, and that's why I kind of wanted to just bring up – I saw some people after the game last night like, you know, the 49ers are kind of looking like a team to beat in the NFC, and they have looked very good. But, I mean, they've beaten Colt McCoy, the Chargers without receivers, and the Rams the past three weeks. And before that, they got killed by the Chiefs. They lost to Lawrence's Falcons. They did, I've been, I've been uh, informed by everyone on Twitter that they didn't have Nick Bosa in the Falcons game, so, like, that apparently doesn't count. But do we, <laughs> do we really feel comfortable, like, saying, the, like, the, the 49ers are a true NFC contender right now? I mean, I guess they are. I guess they made the NFC Championship game last year. But I, I'm feeling it's like a little early to crown the 49ers. I don't know why I'm starting with this conversation. It has nothing yeah. to do with fans. The thing about being in the NFC is like, I've got to imagine having three wins in the NFC makes you a contender. They just <laughs> don't have the good teams. Like, I, especially now, the Eagles looked for a while to be truly on par with like a Bills Chiefs style team where I don't think either the Bills or the Chiefs were perfect, but they were pushing up against that. And the Eagles were the same way. I do think now that, I mean, they barely survived a scare versus a, a truly pretty miserable Indianapolis team. I think now the, the best team in the NFC is up for debate, but that doesn't tell you as much as saying, yeah, they got killed by the Chiefs. And I think if they played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, they'd get killed by them. So, <laughs> I mean, to me, the Super Bowl, once again, it, it didn't actually happen last year, but I do think last year this was the case and it will be again the case this year as the Super Bowl happens whenever the Bills and the Chiefs play in the playoffs. I couldn't even remember who played in the Super Bowl until like midway through your answer. I know. As I said that, I said the Super Bowl. I was going to say the Super Bowl, you know, was the AFC winner, but technically it wasn't the AFC winner. And in my opinion, it wasn't uh, it, like it wasn't the, the Super Bowl wasn't the Super Bowl winner. It wasn't the AFC winner. It was going all the way back to Bills Chiefs. So I had to go a while back to actually kind of recall that that game didn't happen anywhere close to the Super Bowl. But uh, I think last year those were the best teams, and I think this year it will be the best teams again. No guarantee that that's actually who wins the Super Bowl, but I think those are the two best teams. Yeah, the 49ers are positioning themselves well. They have another kind of pushover game this week in Andy Dalton's uh, Saints. <laughs> then we get some tests. We get the Miami Dolphins. Oh. Uh, we get the Tampa Bay Bucks. We get the Seahawks. So we're going to see how really true and tested the 49ers are for the playoffs. Just in the 49ers' skill core – it's Brandon Ayuk had been out receiving Debo Samuel for a while. I don't think any of us thought like Brandon Ayuk was suddenly a better player than Debo Samuel, but he had been posting the better receiving lines for basically an entire month until last night. Debo finally got him. Debo also finally scored on the ground for the first time since week one. We'll just kind of segue this into some rankings talk then. I mean, is it still Debo set and forget ahead of Ayuk in the rank? I had Ayuk ahead of Debo. Wait, I think one spot in week 11, but Talk about someone I don't know how to rank. I don't know how to rank Debo versus Ayuk. Were you uh, not right about that? Because we got Ayuk multiple uh, touchdowns, did we? He did well, multiple well, touchdowns. Yeah, he so, had the two touchdowns, but two catches for 20 in Debo. Your ranking yeah. was right, though. There you right. go. That's a little consolation. Yeah, results over process. Yeah, exactly. The results are the results. Hey, I Lawrence, think, uh, where are we at here? I feel like, uh, you know, now that – and it kind of worked with Christian – we kind of seen it with Christian McCaffrey too because 
before this game, we was like, oh, man, well, how much is Elijah Mitchell going to start eating into these touches? It's Brandon Ayuk becoming the wide receiver one. Well, both of those kind of got dismissed in this Mexico game. And now we know Debo seven target, sorry, nine targets, seven receptions, 57. So they were making it a point to say like, hey, Debo is that guy. They were making it a point to say Christian McCaffrey was our, is our guy. Those are the two guys right here. Like that was clear as day, like from the first series until they was blowing them out and playing Brock Purdy at quarterback. You know, yeah. So but, I was uh, say you might look at the box score and some people that didn't see the game and see that Eli out out carried Christian McCaffrey, but that was pure game script, pure game flow. Why yeah, 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 yeah. Don't don't be like in week ten. It was more true. The, Elijah Mitchell didn't get in for the. He wasn't in till midway through the second quarter. He didn't even get in the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, so and they were feeding Christian McCaffrey through the receiving game, motioning him out, putting him out there, receiver. Do Pretty much him and Debo look like they got the same role sometimes. Both will line up in the backfield. Both will motion out to the slot, out wide. They could use him anywhere. That's what puts the stress on the defense. So in seeing that and just seeing how they use the players, I definitely feel comfortable putting Debo back ahead of IU with flying colors inside the top 10 every single week well that we have to we have to keep watching but this type of usage is that top 10 Debo player that we've seen from last year yeah Kyle I mean I think I agree it's outside it's in like the more like the wide receiver 12 to 20 range and yeah I mean what are you doing this week are you ranking Debo or Brandon Ayuk higher against the Saints I mean, I'm obviously ranking Debo higher. I mean, last week we saw, it was very clear, not only is he, I don't want to say better, right, but more capable of drawing targets than Brandon Ayuk, which is sort of a proxy for saying better. Uh, not that Brandon Ayuk isn't good, but Debo has shown an ability to be an elite wide receiver one, and he showed it last week with a 31% target share. The team, frankly, didn't even make an effort to push the ball down the field. We saw Jawan Jennings somehow lead them in air yards just on two targets. I think as they continue to push the ball farther downfield, that will only help Debo as he won't be playing, essentially, kind of like Lawrence said, like the wide receiver flip coin of Christian McCaffrey's type of role, I think they will actually use him, not necessarily downfield, but more as that chain mover, almost like a Keenan Allen style who can pick up even more yak than Keenan Allen. So I don't really have any sort of pushback on the fact that Debo is the wide receiver one. In fact, I'll probably rank him, I don't know, probably close to that 12 range. Like I'm kind of a big Debo supporter. I actually do just think he's like truly capable of being a team's wide receiver one, being incredibly efficient in that role. And he's also like, everyone's like, he can't keep running for touchdowns and just keeps running for touchdowns. Well, he hadn't since week one, I will say. I don't think he had a ton of carries over. He had with Debo. It's been frustrating because he's one of those kind of players where, you have to give pay like a special player tax, basically. Where like the floor is not as high as you would like, but we know that any given week he has a ceiling capable of winning a matchup on his own. And it's why, like ideally, he's the kind of player who would just be getting enough work where he's a set and forget top five wide receiver one because I think he is that good. I, I really do think he's like that good of a player, but yeah. the, he, the floor just hasn't been that high this year. And I think, uh, yeah, I'm keeping him more like the wide receiver one, two board. I actually have him on the wide wide receiver 15 right now. I need to get him ahead of Chris Olave, though. I had him behind Chris Olave. But then it's Olave's like Mike Evans, Jalen Waddle. I need to probably get him ahead of Terry McLaurin. 
Um, it's, it's a weird. Jay it's a Lauren, Atlanta Falcons this week. I know, and it, like having all thirty-two teams back is really making things complicated in the rankings. Oh, we don't have any buys this week. No buys this week. Huh? I'm oh, really God. sorry about that. Got to work extra hard. I do exactly. <laughs> I'm working four games this week. Well, don't worry. One of them's on Thanksgiving, so uh, oh, Sunday great. won't be as bad because uh, you get a game on Thanksgiving. All Lawrence, right. by the way, we're gonna talk. You don't have to work Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, it just means I'm gonna eat more, I guess. If that <laughs> you are not working Turkey Day. I'm covering the Lions game against those Buffalo Bills. Lawrence mostly already touched on this in the 49ers backfield, but I mean, Kyle, how, how do we feel about CMC versus? We know that. Where do we put CMC in the RB one ranks? Because we know that he's he's the engine of his offense still. But is it is this now that it, like depending on the game script, he could seed carries like as they're trying to salt games away? Like, what is more eroded by Elijah Mitchell, his floor or his ceiling for McCaffrey? Yeah, I kind of think it's more of uh, like a, a, I guess it's probably more of a ceiling issue because we know that his floor is getting like three to four plus catches and 10 carries in a game. And that's a floor that is unmatched by anyone outside of like Austin Eckler or Alvin Kamara, essentially that literal PPR value just of getting four plus catches and being really efficient on those is unmatched. But on the other side, since joining the 49ers, I get the first game. He didn't play an immense role in the team, but since joining the 49ers, he's seen just a third of the team's red zone carries. A third is a paltry amount for a running back who you want to rank as an RB one. So I'm probably not going to have him as like a top three or four back. I think I'd still be taking the likes of like types like Austin Eckler, maybe Jonathan Taylor. We saw Deion Jackson get a little more work last week, which was frustrating. Saquon Barkley definitely be ahead of him for me. So I think he still probably ranks top six or seven. But the fact that he truly is like giving up some red zone work, plenty of just carry volume to other running backs and Debo Samuel does make me think I probably don't want to rank him as a top three running back. And it doesn't make a big, like it's not like because I didn't rank him top three, you're sitting him this week. But if you ask me straight up, I'd probably take Saquon Barkley straight up over him. I'd probably take Eckler straight up over him. And I think you could swing me on like one or two other running backs. If Joe Mixon was healthy, I'd yeah. also take Joe Mixon over him. I don't know if he's healthy. Joe Mixon sees the ball so many times. Yeah. I don't care how bad he is. Yes, I mean, Saquon is a no-brainer. He is their offense, and you saw what happened when he can't get going. They getting smoked. Uh, in, in Christian McCaffrey's case, if they stop him, there's other people, uh, there's other elite players on the offense. So yeah, I mean, I mean, Christian McCaffrey's never gonna get 35 carries in a game. So there you go. Saquon did that. I think with McCaffrey, what I'm kind of settling on, I think he almost says like. The floor is like Ramondre Stevenson type usage. So that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's like floor, if Alvin Kamara was on a good offense. Exactly. So like really the absolute good. floor is like the RB ten to twelve range, but I, like he's still capable of the ceiling any given week. But I just feel like yeah, the ceiling odds have been lowered a little bit. So I'm kind of parking him like the RB six to seven range because he can single handedly win a matchup every week. But whereas before it was kind of a coin flip, like every other game, Christian McCaffrey is going to win you your matchup. Now it might be like every third or fourth game, but the floor is still high enough. He's a no-brainer RB one. This kind of more of a mid-range RB one this week. Like mm-hmm. this week, I, I have Kenneth Walker and Josh Jacobs, who both have un- unbelievable matchups against each other, ranked ahead of Christian McCaffrey. This could be getting. I too almost cute. draw Josh Jacobs as like 
the better version of Joe Mixon. When I said, you know, I could put Joe Mixon ahead when he's healthy. <laughs> I actually think Josh Jacobs kind of plays that same role, but I think Josh Jacobs is just a better runner. So I actually should have thrown him out as the example because his they literally did not give even Derek Carr, no scrambles or anything, a single other player on that team another carry last week. Like Josh Jacobs, a role, his like role as a share of the offense might actually be better than CMC's. CMC just plays for a better offense and is a better player. Josh Jacobs country, let's ride. Um, the Cardinals... I mean, they keep claiming Kyler Murray is a game-time decision, and then he doesn't play. We think he'll probably be back for Week 12, but this team is very, very opaque with injuries. We think Marquise Brown will be back for Week 12. Let's say Kyler's back. Let's say Marquise Brown is back. What does this do to, like, the DeAndre Hopkins dynamic where he's come back and this is 12 to 14 targets every week? Will we be keeping DeAndre Hopkins as top 10 wide receiver, and where are we going to be ranking Marquise Brown? Well, I, I don't it, – it, it looks like, or at least right now, it, we wouldn't get Rondell Moore back in Week 12, uh, especially with a growing uh, – Short yeah, Week so, 2 coming from a different country, probably not. Right, yeah, a lot, a lot of factors. And, and obviously, he didn't even think about coming back into the game. For DeAndre Hopkins, I feel like it's going to stay the same. Uh, you know, you're getting Rondell Moore back. I'm sorry, you lose Rondell Moore, you get back Hollywood, so there'll be no target discrepancy because Marquise Brown, just as far as targets, even though Marquise Brown don't line up in the slot like Rondell Moore, uh, he should he should be able to just on a targets base just fill that void for them. But but uh old Greg Dorch, man, he uh <laughs> that's what we should be talking about because he ball every time. Every time he on the field, he ball. Ball so hard, University, Greg Dorch. Somebody's <laughs> um, trade but, a fourth-round pick for Greg Dorch next week. <laughs> the, the, the way DeAndre Hawkins, you know, be yelling at Kyle to throw in the ball and the way he's just still, you know, productive, no matter who's that quarterback, I would definitely keep him uh, as a top-10 receiver because that's what he's been on a points-per-game basis since his return. Anything to add, Kyle? It's just the Cardinals are a weird team. There's just they are like why the cliche a lot going on here exists. Yeah, a lot of lot of moving parts with Kyler, with Rondale, uh, with the team. Seemingly everyone hating each other. It's like every episode of watching the Cardinals is like an episode of watching Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, <laughs> this is a reference that few will understand, but those oh, who I do I, will I really it. appreciate it. Because this guy I knows just, what I'm talking about. I just don't think anyone on this team likes likes each other. I do think though that Marquise Brown returning to the lineup will probably replace lesser value targets that going to Greg Dorch, that going to as much as I love Ron Deal more, like a deep sideline shot to Marquise Brown is probably more valuable than the negative one Rondale A dot target. So I think this will probably be at worst, a wash for DeAndre Hopkins, but I kind of think it'll be better for them to have someone to draw targets and at a different location of the field, too. It's not like he's coming in and playing the same roles, DeAndre Hopkins, and they're just competing for the same ADOT, the same outside type of targets. I think maybe it takes the slightest bit of creativity from Cliff, but just using Marquise Brown on a few deep shots a game should be a net win for everyone involved. Maybe it actually clears some space for DeAndre Hopkins. That would be amazing. And it would be also be amazing if Kyler Murray could just play. Um, you, nobody going to mention Robbie Anderson here? <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> All, right, was, All right. You mean the guy who tells A.J. Green good job on that play after he comes <laughs> up? Man, what was that? I'll talk about a tilted trade. Why in the world did they do that? I don't know. 
very, very tilted trade. Uh, we'll be right back after this talk about which running backs we are having trouble ranking. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Release the hounds. It's a Thanksgiving tradition like none other. The national dog show presented by Purina. Thousands of dogs compete for the title of best in show. Thanksgiving at noon Eastern on NBC and Peacock. We love our dogs. We love, love, love our dogs. Pat, what uh, what breeds win in this year? Mm, boy, in honor of the queen, a corgi. Is that like a like a English style? The queen had a bunch of corgis. Oh, did she? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense then. I think she had like an army of corgis. Didn't like a bulldog get it a year or two ago? Yeah, I think think that created an uproar. Like a bulldog shouldn't be winning this. I know. That's why I remember it, I think. Bulldogs aren't pretty. Um, That bulldog, he can take a punch to the mouth, but he shouldn't be winning the national dog show. Um, (laughs) I like uh, the corgi call. I'm in for it. Yeah, man. I'll bet on a corgi. I'm sure you can bet on that somewhere. Uh, Lawrence, which running back are we having trouble ranking in week 12? Uh, definitely uh, Leonard Fournette, man. Lombardi Lenny. Uh, and, and this is strictly due to, you know, the emergence of finally having Rashad White season out here, man. 22 carries, 105 yards over in London, you know. Uh, or was it Germany? They was in Germany. My bad, Germany. No German accent. I don't know how to do German. Yeah, there you go, right there. (laughs) Yeah, so um, initially he came out. He was out of the end of that game with a hip injury, but there haven't been reports saying that it's looking like he's going to miss. So, and then we saw the report that Rashad White could hold on to this job uh, to finish the season. So, what makes this interesting is like, it's not like Leonard Fournette just going to disappear from the offense. Like the last game, he got the goal line touchdown there. Still had 14 carries for 57 yards, which, you know, is it's okay, not great. But we finally saw Rashad White break some runs, a couple of them, including one to pretty much put the game on ice where he slid down, could have scored a touchdown. Yeah, that sure. me out. But if you're listening – But we'll take it. We'll take that 100 yards, you know, so Lenny. And it also affects why I rank Rashad White, too, because I'll, you know, if he going to be the guy, I want to rank him as a top 20 back, but I can't do that 
because Leonard Fournette is also still inside the top 30 running backs. Yeah, I don't know what to do here. And Kyle, where do you have off the top of your head? Where are you ranking Leonard Fournette this week? It's not going to be a good number. Whatever number you think it is, I'd put it lower. Because to me, this is getting towards Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott territory, where like, do I have a ton of faith in the Buck staff? Like, I, I don't have a ton of faith in the uh, the Dallas staff doing the right thing. No, I don't. They've shown time and time again that they're willing to trot out the older, less effective running back for more touches. But do I think that in the off chance, maybe the 20 or 30% chance, I actually feel a little better about the Bucks doing this, but let's just call it, you know, 30% chance that they do the right thing that White blows up in the same way we saw Tony Pollard. As soon as they give him the chance, even with Zeke active, getting at least a split of the carries, he actually played over half the team snaps in a game in which they sat their starters for the final few drives or whatever. Do I think that when that happens, that he absolutely goes nuts because he is a better running back on an offense, at least capable of producing RB1 numbers? Yeah, I do. And I don't think Leonard Fournette at this point is much more capable than doing the Zeke, where Zeke actually, like, what did he punch in? Two, like, one-yard touchdowns or whatever. But on on the whole, when I think one of them gets half the carries and it's the better running back, I think that running back blows up. And that running back is obviously Rashad White in this scenario. So I'm going to rank Rashad White ahead of Fournette. Ooh, I'm probably going to rank him as a top, like, I don't know about 24. I think he could probably sneak 24, 5, 6, and Fournette will probably be 32, 3, 4, something like that. Yeah, that's uh, normal. I've I got, got twenty nine. Fournette ranked higher, man. I'm really confused. I'm like really confused about what to do. I think the upside scenario you're looking for is just what we saw with Zeke, though, is not – particularly effective but punches in two touchdowns and that's not an upside i want to be chasing either in my lineups or for me in my rank he does catch more passes than zeke it's a little bit different than zeke that's um, I mean, he does for now until rashad white takes that from him oh, man i'm so i'm so so confused i actually am like this deeply confused about what to do especially with like the buy dynamic you know, if you're going to make a change a lot of times you do it coming off a of buy and the beats multiple times over the past like two months have speculated that eventually this would be a Rashad White backfield. He got the start the last time we saw them. It wasn't last week. It was two weeks ago, I believe. But uh, he got the start in that game, came out for the first drive as the starting running back. All the signs have pointed to this. And, I'm making the flip right now, actually, while you're talking. I mean, I definitely buy into the fact there's a total risk that Fournette comes out for the first play, <laughs> then he's on for the second drive. <laughs> And then you're like, they're not doing two and one drives. They're doing three and one. But in that scenario, I still think you're just looking to pile up 22 touches for 76 yards with Fournette, in which case I don't want to be ranking that as the upside scenario ahead of Rashad White. But I get it. We're not, I'm not 100% sold on White being the starter. I just like the upsides that potential gives me. It should be noted that in that Germany game, Leonard Fournette, speaking of catching passes, he had one target, one catch, one yard in that game. And we in the game before that, seven targets, five catches, 41 yards. So is it that 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 like he might be losing that part of it too? I just feel like the Bucks cannot quit him, but I did I just put him behind Ezekiel Elliott. I had put Rashad White kind of in the Isaiah Pacheco zone. because uh, it's a pretty good what, setup. What number is that? 24 25. Okay. Yep. Um, it's going to be one I'm going to be waffling on all week, which is why we're talking about it today because it is quite confusing. Kyle, who are you having trouble ranking at running back? Well, Tavius Murray, because we saw, I believe Chase Edmonds was carded with an ankle injury. He was. I, I know he was because I think I, I blurred that game, I think. 
Oh, blacked out uh, for that game. That was a. <laughs> oh, I, I blurbed it all right, but trying to recall anything. <laughs> from... You were actually uh, uh, not to take people too far behind the curtain. You were maybe almost on your knees praying that the game did not go to overtime in our Slack. <laughs> Luckily, though, I believe I was. I really could not fathom an overtime game of Broncos versus Raiders. Luckily, though, Raiders actually did give us a fun three play walk off overtime. So no complaints about that part of the game, but it was. Uh, Really can't imagine trying to watch these two teams play football. And I actually, instead of imagining it, had to do it. Had to watch Chase Edmonds carded really early in the game. He was actually getting touches, too. I think he left with two carries. But carded with an ankle injury, assuming, uh, like, a carding is... I he's on injured reserve, Kyle. So I don't think Edmonds is, like, even a factor. Now, report Edmonds to miss multiple weeks. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, I, I didn't... Yeah, you, so he's not on injured reserve. I was going to say, I didn't not see Not on injured reserve, yet. but no indication he has any chance to play this week. Multiple yeah, weeks Marlon plus carding. Man is is a bad bad sign i'm assuming he's not playing this week we know for sure melvin gordon isn't playing this week because that's kind of sure about that i think so (laughs) i think so although i could see um he's a prime candidate to land on the texans he feels like a texans running back heart (laughs) i don't know if he'll be active this week no man it feels like a ravens running back i don't even know why he would go to the texans that's yeah he would maybe just retire He feels they like a Ravens running waivers back and he's like or pass. Saints, Ravens, Saints, all the usual suspects. They, I feel like those three teams have traded the same running back. It's true. Or like they, they have like a, a collective, like a consortium. Like, all right, yeah. you get Latavius this time. <laughs> Point being, Latavius Murray, I don't think he had been out carried by Melvin Gordon for two or three weeks. It had been trending. I don't want to say trending till, towards Melvin Gordon cut, but trending towards Melvin Gordon playing a diminished and a diminished role in this backfield for weeks and weeks. And then, I mean, there are probably plenty of reasons that Melvin Gordon got cut, but one of them, the most obvious, was the fumbling issues. And again, in this game, he gives up a fumble on the three-yard line. They recover it. Kick is ultimately blocked so they didn't score from it, although that part isn't his fault. But it looks like we're going to get Latavius Murray, who's also been, you know, not a zero. In fact, a a meaningfully involved piece of the passing game because Russell Wilson knows nothing but checking down to his running backs at this point in his career somehow. If you're telling me Latavius Murray could push for 15 carries, four or five catches in a game, it's so difficult to square that a three down back with the fact that he plays on a literally the worst offense. I still can't believe that it's the worst offense, but as of last week, and they didn't score a lot of points last week, they were 32 in points per game. So to me, three down back is awesome, but playing on the worst offense is terrible. And being Latavius Murray has also not been the best for being an efficient running back since his like big boom days with the saints a few years ago. So it's like almost the Damian Pierce problem of, except I don't really believe in Latavius Murray's talent, but I do believe in the fact that I think he could push for like 20 plus touches in a game. I do too. And, and we, yeah. I guess the, the flip side is that when I bring up Damian Pierce, I think Damian Pierce is talented and he has been crushed by playing for the Texans in recent weeks. Now imagine playing for the Broncos and being less able to break tackles. So what do I do with all of this? I think I'm going to have him still ranked as like a top 28 player. I probably have him like 25, six, seven, but I don't know. You could swing me a lot of ways on this one. Hey, Lawrence, where do you have him ranked right now, Latavius? If you've done your ranks uh, yet? Y- yeah, I have. He's somewhere between uh twenty five and thirty. Uh, and, and this I'm is feeling, feeling kind of like an outlier here. Wait to hear my stunning reveal on where I, I know you ranked. gave me a bit of a like a disapproving nod when I said twenty five six seven. Sorry, continue, Lawrence. Well, it's uh, it to me is purely volume based, at least for this week. 
Um, and, and this is why that 25 to 30 ranking could get ugly. First off, they playing the Panthers and that over under set at 34 and a half. That's ugly. It does, you know, spell for a running game, a running type of game for both sides. But at least for this week, because there's no like the backup running back is Marlon Mack right now. Like you got, you got no one, nobody. Um, so just based on, it's why we kept ranking when Najee, even Najee's had two good weeks in a row. But when he wasn't having them good weeks, we couldn't just make him a running back 40, even though that's how he was playing. We knew he was going to get the volume. Uh, so we had to rank him in a certain spot. And, and that's kind of what I'm seeing here. Um, but it, it's also not going to be easy against the Panthers, and you could ask the Ravens about that. So it could get tricky there. The Ravens had a horrible game running the ball against the Panthers, but I think that was kind of more personnel based for the Ravens. I mean, not that the personnel yeah, is great. It, not that the personnel is great for the Broncos, but right. the Panthers are like a bottom five or six run defense, basically. We know like game script, the Broncos might lose, but they're not going to be down by like two or three scores. And I think Latavius is like staring square at like 20 to 25 touches, to be honest. And currently I was the RB 18. Do I, would I come on the air and say, I felt good about that? Uh, Absolutely not. But I do think I could adjust him down. He won't be getting any higher than that. I'll tell you that. Uh, I could adjust (laughs) him down, but I don't see any way I don't have him ranked in the top 24. Uh, It does not make me feel good, but, um, I could see, like, I have him ahead of guys, like, right now that, like, I, mean, I haven't had a James Conner. I haven't had a Jamal Williams, even though all he does is score touchdowns. Devin Singletary. Miles Sanders, I'm, like, really mad at. I have him ranked real low this week. Jeff Wilson, Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, I have Latavius Murray ranked ahead of all these guys. Yeah, I, the guys you just named are the guys that I have right above <laughs> Latavius Murray. I got Murray at 28, but I have like Gibson, Sanders, Rashad White, Singletary, Patterson, James Conner, and Pacheco. Those are the guys I have ahead of him. Um, but he I was crazy. Argue too, that he should be behind all those guys. I could see why someone yeah. would view What's him. crazy is he probably going to get more touches than all of them dudes. So that's he what gets, it, but what are you going to do with him is the question. <laughs> right. Pure touch base ranking, but I totally buy someone just thinking Latavius is a tier or two below where I have him and AKA behind all these better players, quote unquote, and better right. offenses. <laughs> um, speaking, by the way, did you guys see the amazing tweet where it's unclear if Russell Wilson's number of passing touchdowns this year are going to equal the number of toilets in his home? I did see that. Yeah. I've seen this. <laughs> Uh, especially Latavius is vulturing him. Uh, I don't know if he's going to outrun the toilets, man. Uh, <laughs> looking kind of, looking kind of grim. He ain't close right now, though, right? Well, he is not close. Not even close. Uh, Lawrence, we're not even close to done with the show. Which wide receiver are we having trouble with in Week Twelve? Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, uh, definitely a player I always really like, um, <clears throat> and he's consistent as hell. Like every single week. Um, he's been the wide receiver 25 since week six. So that shows the consistency right there. 
Last two games, he got 99 and 61 yards. That 61-yard game being the one where he scored a touchdown. So he's been extremely consistent, and his floor is now starting to seem safe. And even when they get Deshaun Watson back, I I don't see that changing. It could actually make things better. But being that he's been the wide receiver 25 for that long since week six, like that is a – I mean, you on the tip – of wide receiver two right there. So we should probably actually start ranking him there or at least close to it. I've never ranked him as high as wide receiver 30, which is what I have him now. And it could still be too low. I just don't know. Lawrence DPJ has been kind of a guy I've just been obsessed with all year in terms of like, this is a fascinating rankings case because he hasn't been below 50 yards since week three. Yeah. He's only been below 60 yards one time since then. That was in uh, – or excuse me, he's only been below 70 yards one time since then. That was in week 11 where he had five catches for 61 yards in his first touchdown. Like his floor is just really, really, really high. He had cleared 70 yards four straight games before week 11, where, again, he finally got that score. And, like, it's tough because this is his final game with Jacoby Brissett. So it's kind of annoying. There's going to be like a chemistry reset. Like he has a skill set that really gels with Deshaun Watson's game. He's the kind of guy who can do damage down the field that Deshaun Watson's had great success with in the past. So DPJ, I just think he is just trending towards legit. I have him as like the wide receiver 32 or 33 this week, even with all 32 teams playing. I believe that is the highest I've had him all year. Yeah. I could see why – you know, he hasn't had a ceiling week. He has not had a spiked week. He has only one touchdown. So I can see why other people maybe, like, don't follow us into, like, the high-end 30s. I have the wide receiver 35, actually. It's about where I had him last week. I can mm. see why some people don't want to go higher. But, yeah, he, he has been a really fascinating, difficult-to-rank player all season. Kyle, any DPJ thoughts? Yeah, last week wasn't his best week. I mean, he really saved it. For a and, touchdown. Uh, with that touchdown, he did. And it was a late one, too. Oh, it was about as late as it comes. <laughs> it was a good catch, though. Great catch. It was a good catch. It was a good Great catch. Great catch. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was – he gets the touchdown. They have to kick the onside, and they don't even get it. Gabe Davis <laughs> doinked right off of his face, and he almost gave it back up, but it went out of bounds. A completely unrelated tangent. But last week, up until that, it was a pretty quiet performance, and the underlying stats sort of – prove that it should have been a quiet performance as he saw 15% of the team's targets, 21% of the team's air yards. Amari Cooper absolutely dominated the ball in this game, despite having kind of a quiet second half in terms of actual production. I think he only caught two balls. He did score a touchdown, but he only caught two balls in the second half. So I still see him as clearly the number two, but to me, I'm not too worried about the uh, how he gels with Deshaun Watson coming up. I think this offense is just going to absolutely go to another level with Deshaun Watson. I think it'll prove how much of a perfectly fine backup, probably not a good starter, Jacoby Brissett is once we see Deshaun Watson in the lineup. So, Kyle, um, you just gave us your DPJ spiel, but give us your spiel on – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ruin it – Traylon Burks. For speaking of catches coming as late as they come – Traylon Burks went over 100 yards by grabbing a 50-yarder with the game essentially over. I mean, the game was in doubt. He ended it with that 50-yard catch. Um, We were expecting a run. Instead, got a 50-yard Traylon Burks catch. Where do we rank Traylon Burks, who had his first 100-yard game coming coming back from injured reserve? I know that was like a bit of a cheeky call to go with that deep pass, too. Like you said, everyone like – 
got Derrick Henry. Why wouldn't you just throw it? So I thought it was almost like, obviously it's a bit fluky to get a long catch right at the end of the game, but I thought it was also like a, a bit of a strong indicator from the coaching staff. They're willing to sort of ride out their ability to close the game with a long throw to Traylon Burks. And unlike DPJ, who I said, his stats sort of show him as a clearly number two option who didn't get the ball a ton, saved it with a touchdown. We didn't see that from Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks proved to be clearly the top option in this offense, a 30% target share, a 41% air yard share. Obviously it's buoyed by that long, uh, by a long catch at the end of the game, which has a lot of air yards back to it. But I do think we saw this early in the season too, where he was, Extremely efficient, but wasn't playing a large role in the offense. And then he slowly ramped up coming back from uh, like being like poorly conditioned and banged up in training camp to getting to. You remember when Traylon Burks wasn't good? No, I wouldn't. Let's not say it that way. As someone who drafted a lot of Burks, I'm going to say it took him some time to get adjusted to the speed of the NFL game. I, just, too, I was just joking how, like, apparently he was just, like, declared a bust before the season. Even yeah, started. much like Christian Watson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, which we may be talking about in a minute. Maybe. I mean, this guy who scores touchdowns once every two catches maybe is someone we should bring up. <laughs> Burks not quite there yet, but his role looked really strong. I think with Ryan Tannehill back in the offense, there's a lot of upside there. Because the one thing we've seen, I don't think there's a lot of floor there. The one thing we've seen with the Tannehill-led offenses is that they have games where they have no reason to throw the football, they choose to not throw the football, and they get 140 yards with no touchdowns. And they have games where, I, I mean, as much as I'm a running backs matter less than the NFL thinks kinds of guy, I also think having Derrick Henry, who has been absolutely dominant, helps set up like really strong deep shots, helps fill the box with defenders, and is going to be useful for Traylon Burks, who's a really strong athlete and a physical player at the point of the catch. So I think he will be able to, not all the time, but at least at some points throughout the rest of the year, repeat the long like one-on-one types of catches we saw to close out the game versus Green Bay. So I'm I'm probably going to have like a pretty bullish ranking. Also, it helps to confirm my priors because I drafted a ton of Traylon Burks. <laughs> Lawrence, yeah. where do you have him ranked? I got him at 32 right now, and I know that 51-yarder at the end boosted up his stats, but he also had that 43-yarder on the very first drive. Mm -hmm. So that showed you that, like, hey, we can make this a consistent thing. This is what he did in college. This is what he was good at doing. It was either that or taking the ball and running it, as you've seen the rest of his targets, which he totaled eight of those. The rest of those were short, obviously, if you had – two huge chunk plays of 43 and 51 and ended up with 111 yards. So he could get it done in the short game, catch and run. He could also go and take the top off a of defense. So the, if he'd have done this on like, you know, two or three catches, I would be like, eh, whatever. Like let's, but the eight targets and seven catches is extremely encouraging because this is the best their passing game has looked all season. Like Ryan Tannehill out here throwing for 330 yards. That's not something you see every day. So uh, I, I got him up to 32 this week, and uh, maybe he could have me having him at 22 next week. We'll see. Uh, I think you guys kind of both made a good point where – so Lawrence, you were talking about you weren't saying he was only ceiling based, but Kyle talking about how when you play a Titans receiver, you're kind of hoping more for ceiling than floor. We got a little floor from Traylon Burks, but we we definitely got the ceiling. And I just do think that is the way you have to approach it because there's going to be weeks where they just don't pass, but the weeks yeah. they do need to pass, they desperately needed Traylon Burks. 
he showed them uh, in the biggest moment of the game he can make a play. Uh, we know he has that kind of ability, and we know that he can spike a week. So got to get him kind of in like the wide receiver three, four borderline. I can see anywhere between like wide receiver 30 and 40, honestly being justified for Traylon Burks. I have him as the wide receiver 38. Uh, they could have to pass a lot against the Bengals, and the Bengals are really leaky on that back end. So wide receiver 38 is honestly probably low. I need, probably need to pump him up a little bit. But it's going to be more of a ceiling-based option. But uh, there's going to be weeks where you can maybe try to guess at that ceiling, and I think this is probably one of them. Uh, we mentioned Christian Watson, who uh, weird guy, but as Kyle said, scoring a lot of touchdowns. Talk about an offense that really, really needed someone like Christian Watson to emerge. Five touchdowns on eight catches over the past two weeks. I'm told that's unsustainable, Kyle, but uh, we we he's in the top thirty. Is he ahead of Alan Lazard? Is kind of a question. Um, and just where? Yeah, I'll just start with you, Kyle. Where are we putting Christian Watson? Yeah, I think the Alan Lazard one is a good question. I'm going to rank him ahead of Alan Lazard. Maybe it's sort of chasing the ceiling, but his underlying stats have shown that ceiling performances should not be out of the question. In fact, they should be a norm for him relative to all other players. Because, I mean, you look at his usage, he has an 18 A dot. He's not far behind Alan Lazard in terms of targets. He has four red zone targets, three end zone targets in the past two weeks. So they're giving him high yardage opportunities. They're giving him scoring opportunities. That's a recipe to consistently produce ceiling outcomes. It's a recipe to produce five touchdown catches on the past 12 targets he's seen on, you know, eight catches, like you said. No, it's not that much of a consistent ceiling. But do I think he has more of a chance in any given game of going for 100 yards and a touchdown or something versus uh, versus Zard? I think so. So I'm going to rank him ahead. What about you, Lawrence? I mean, what feels right to you for Christian Watson or... The touchdown is going to come down, but they've needed these explosive plays, and now they're getting them, and so they're going to continue to put him in position to make explosive plays. Yeah, so I got uh, right now. I got Watson at twenty four and Alan Lazard at twenty five. I'm not going to completely give Lazard the boot yet, but I do have him uh, slightly ahead of him. The thing about Christian Watson is uh, he's proven to be uh, the best red zone target that they have right now in this season uh that Aaron Rodgers is a guy historically who throws a lot of touchdowns inside the 10 and 5 yard line and uh you saw it his first touchdown in week 10 uh it was off script play Aaron Rodgers throwing off the back foot and his he made the play for Aaron Rodgers quite frankly um so not only can he do that He's the guy that you depend on to take the top off the defense as well. And now you got Randall Cobb working underneath. So having those two roles consistently will kind of make this sustainable. Obviously, no player in history gets two touchdowns every single game. Until now. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Until now. But – you have a shot to to uh to be getting there uh with Christian Watson. So uh right now he's he and he been going up. I had to see another game or something similar to this. That's why my stock up stock down article, I didn't put him in it after the three touchdown game. Oh, he definitely in it now. Um so <laughs> he definitely in it now. So I after those two performances, man, he has to be at least in the 
inside the top 30. Where might be a question, but he got to be in there somewhere. It's a, it is a tough week. They're playing the Eagles. And yeah. you know, someone's going to be seeing a lot of Darius Slay. I could maybe be talked into just betting on Alan Lazard's like, supposed targets floor this week over Watson's ceiling. But you probably have to go with Watson's ceiling. Lame, boring. Do the fun yeah, thing. I mean, it really, Live it, a little. It, it's Honestly, even the process is probably just to bet on Watson's ceiling over Alan Lazard's floor at this point. Um, because you know, the, Alan Lazard's floor is not going to be winning you a week. Or <laughs> Christian Watson's ceiling could still be winning you a week. We'll be right back after this. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in the World Cup, college football, and NFL. Speaking of the NFL, there will be two opportunities to win $100,000 this week by playing Sunday Night 7. Your first chance is guessing the outcome between the Patriots and Vikings on Thanksgiving night, followed by another contest featuring the Packers and Eagles and Philadelphia Sunday evening. But don't forget, download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your app store today. Guys, a quarterback, we want to talk about Justin Fields because it's a weird situation, but kind of a hard conversation to have at this point in the week. The Bears haven't practiced yet. We just don't really know what's going to happen to Fields. Might need to save that for later in the week. Is his non-throwing shoulder? My guess is that he kind of plays, but if he does play, it'll be hard to run. Uh, if you're a running quarterback, worried about getting your shoulder popped against an elite Jets defense, Fields will be an interesting. Just really quick, say if Fields does play, is he out of the top five this week? Let's just start with that baseline. Got him at six. I have him at seven. I, was gonna, I don't yeah. know if I'd put him outside the top five. Who do you have over him, Pat? I have Josh Allen, Mahomes, Hurts, yeah, yeah. Tua. Here's where it gets a little controversial. Burrow. And I have Lamar all the way down to six. Just because that passing attack is just so misfiring right now. And Lamar, it doesn't really seem like he's wanting to take the shots at the goal line as much this year. He's not rushing for as many touchdowns. So yeah, I, I, got him, I got him at four. So you know it's wild if I got <laughs> Lamar way down at four. He, di- he did, you know, help Demarcus Robinson go for his second best game in his career, 128 yards. But other than that, I don't even know who's playing receiver. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. So Pat, if he I plays, would, sorry, you go, Kyle. I think I would take him over Burrow and Lamar, which would put him at five on the dot for me. Pretty justified to bet on a ceiling, even that. 
But it's not that we know the floor is going to be a lot lower this week with yeah. the shoulder and with the Jets. But that, I mean, 140-yard run, and you're looking at a top five QB1 again. Justin Fields, we just got to wait for more information. I think we've talked about this guy a few times because I just don't know what to do with Dak Prescott anymore, man. Like, is I guess he's still in every week QB1 just because of how bad quarterback is right now, but there's no ceiling to speak of whatsoever with Dak. And the Giants are really, really bad on the ground. Uh, where are we ranking Dak? I have him as a QB12 right now. Yeah, I got him at 11 here. Um just because, you know, it's they came off a low, then they had a high. Not saying this is going to be a low again. And I actually think they'll beat the Giants. Uh, but for this week, I could see them being a uh, – I could see them being the quarterback one option just at the end there. Now, the Lions didn't throw for many yards – uh, against the Giants, but you know why? It's because they didn't have to. So that's the worry right there that you have with Dak is how much will they actually have to throw uh, on this Giants defense? The good thing is the the running backs for Dallas, well, let me not say the running backs, the running back mm-hmm. named Tony Pollard, he catches passes and takes those for touchdowns. And that helps Dak. So that right, that option, and then obviously C.D. Lamb, that has me confident for this week that he could be right at the end of uh, QB1 status. Let's do this. Let's play the game. We haven't played the game yet today. (laughs) Dak Prescott at home versus the New York football Giants or Thomas Brady in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, I got Brady at 12, so I'll go Dak. Okay, yeah. Got Brady. Got him yeah, me too. But, I mean, I totally – you said, Lawrence, you have 12-11 is what you have them? Yeah. Uh, checks out. I'll, I'll probably have them 11-12, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, you should do your rankings, man. It's way. not <laughs> – we've still got World Cup games to play, all right? We do, man. I, I missed too much World Cup today. I didn't see the scintillating uh, – sorry about the spoiler, the Cerro Cerro tie between Mexico and Poland. Geno Smith. Against the Las Vegas Football Raiders or Dak Prescott against the Giants? Oh, Gino. Gino. Gino's that dude. All right. Hell yeah. Even I'm ride or die with Gino in that situation. Like, Seahawks I'm- at home versus the Raiders. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Last one. Jimmy Garoppolo versus the New Orleans Saints or Dak Prescott against the New York Giants? Oh, I kinda- That's where I'm going to go, Dak. I might go Jimmy again. Ooh, man. Yeah, they look never good. Never go full Jimmy. I mean, he coming off a four-touchdown game. He going to get that again? No, never. Not the rest of his career. Is Dak ever going to get a four-touchdown game? <laughs> hey, good point. <laughs> good point. I'm going Dak over Jimmy. I will say that. It's fair. I, I'm not, I don't have a big problem with it. It's weird. It is weird to think Jimmy Garoppolo probably does have a higher ceiling than Dak. But, like, Dak's floor is just, like, a little more stable, I feel like, than Jimmy's floor. That's probably fair. It's t- I don't know, man. It's actually tough. Their their floors are pretty similar at this point. I might end up ranking Jimmy ahead of Dak and not feeling good about it. But you gonna what, have to bring him way up, then. I, we should even the show. We should just end the show. But like, <laughs> what the heck? What, I mean, what, what are we doing with Taysom Hill? Like now they're running him. I mean, now they're like they've come to Jesus again on Taysom Hill. I said this everything like we weren't using his special skills. I don't know. They might have come to Satan on that one. <laughs> Yeah, he, he, he getting ranked in the 20s now, ain't he? I mean, I dropped, I, I had been ranking the scam, a tight end one. 
Now yeah. I finally lowered him like tight end 15 or 16, and he runs again for nine, you know, nine carries for 52 <laughs> yards. Like they're acting like it like unlocked the offense. Is he is he is Taysom Hill who does not play tight end? Is he a tight end one this week? I don't not. think so. I don't think so either. But like it, you said, he, though, I mean, he never really is unless he scored a touchdown at I the know. goal line running the ball. Do you think his odds are pretty good? I mean, but he, he has five rushing touchdowns, but none since week four. Just a Ooh. bizarre season. Or week oh five, excuse God. me. Just a bizarre season. <laughs> Lawrence, you sound truly disgusted. Oh, God. Week five? What? And, and that many touchdowns and hasn't done <laughs> That many tutters. Uh, yeah, I mean – like you pointed out, Pat, we did see, uh, I believe, week uh, or week eleven. He got nine carries, was tied for the second highest of his season. He had three attempts, tied for the second highest, and one catch is tied for the highest. They don't use him as a tight end. He's not a tight end. He, he, you're right. He literally does not play tight end. He plays wildcat quarterback probably as much as he plays tight end in terms of the actual routes he runs. He ran five routes last week. That was actually his lowest since week six. He, you're, he's like. Imagine if Kyle Juszczyk got like four more touches a game, right? Because Kyle Juszczyk's like pretty efficient, but uh, man, yeah, I'm not ranking this tight end. People gave him tight end eligibility and he need to be called to the carpet. Yeah, he need to be taken to task for what they've done. <laughs> the fraud they've perpetrated on the American people. Um, it'd be a fraud to have the show go on any longer because we're out of things to talk about. So it's over. Um, a lot of good stuff. A lot of stuff on an accelerated timeline this week since it's Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm assuming the Flex Finder will be out. But when's the Flex Finder coming out, Lawrence? Let's 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 ask that. We got the Flex Finder coming out tomorrow, baby, th- a day before Thanksgiving, so just in time. Rankings will also be live on Wednesday. Our preview podcast will be recorded on Wednesday, so that'll be out for the games on Thanksgiving. Kyle, anything we need to know about your content for Week Twelve? Thirty-two stats will be up by the time you listen to this and the preview pod. Hell yeah. So for Lawrence Jackson, for Kyle Dvorak, I'm Patrick Darty. Thanks for listening. We'll be back later this week. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 